This is Export Like a Boss, the podcast for those on the front lines of international business and trade. Succeed in business on a global scale. The planet is your market. Here's your host, Alberto Rodriguez Baez. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of Export Like a Boss. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and is having a great beginning of 2017. Today we are excited to feature an amazing company from Ohio. Sutphen is a manufacturer of fire trucks located in Dublin, Ohio, and has been in operations since 1890, making it the oldest continuously owned and operated fire truck manufacturer in the United States. You can learn more about Sotfen's products and history on their website at sotfen.com. That is S-U-T-P-H-E-N.com. Our guest today is Lynn Rich, sales application engineer for international markets at Sotfen. She oversees sales to China and Latin America. Lynn will share with us not only her international business experience, but also how she moved to Ohio and how she started working at Sutphen. Lynn's story is fascinating, so stay tuned. We are sure you'll enjoy this interview. So, without further ado, here is Sutphen's Lynn Rich. Enjoy the show. Lynn, how long have you been working at Sutphen? I have worked at Sutphen for almost three and a half years. Great. And what's your current position at Sutphen? I currently hold two positions at Sutphen Corporation. For our Chinese market, I am the China sales manager. For other international markets, I am the international sales application engineer. We were chatting before the show, and I found out that you came to the United States as an international student. Can you tell us about where you grew up and how you became interested in coming to study to the United States? Sure thing. I grew up in China. My hometown is called Fuha. It's the capital city of Inner Mongolia. I came to the United States when I was 14, and it was a family decision to move here. Very well. And... Why do you choose to study at The Ohio State University? So my mom had worked at Ohio State when I was young, so I had plenty of opportunities to come to the university. I love the campus, the opportunities, the diversity, and the tuition was quite affordable because my mom was an employee there. Great. What did your mom do at the, at the Ohio State University? She was a lecturer in the Chinese department. Oh, great. So... You were part of the Ohio Export Internship Program. Can you tell us how this program helped you in your academic and professional careers? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I must share that I love the Ohio Export Internship Program. At the time when I applied for the program, I was a junior, and I still wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do after I graduated from college. The OEIP experience created an opportunity that helped me find my passion by exposing me to various career possibilities 
through speaker presentations, field trips, and our own internship experience. And I was also immensely influenced by my professor's infectious passion for international trade and international traveling. So OEIP helped me find my passion for international business, and it anchored me the position of my professional career for the rest of my life. And um, I think if it wasn't for this program, I would have never thought I had a probably head start in life because when I came to this country as a teenager, I could barely speak English. I had no friends. And everything I know and I was familiar with was on the other side of the globe. So I felt quite behind in life for quite some time. But after I attended OEIP and finding my passion, I knew that I had a head start because I was confident that my first job out of college is the career path that I want to pursue for the rest of my career. I don't think many people get to find out their passion and get the opportunity to immediately jump into that field right out of college. But I had that opportunity, and OEIP gave me that opportunity. So I really don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the Ohio Export Internship Program, and I really cannot thank the program enough for how it has helped me and impacted my life. Lynn, how did you get connected to the Ohio Export Internship Program? So the first year, uh, when I applied, it was the first year OEIP started. Uh, and they had some flyers on campus in terms of uh, trying to attract students to apply for it. And I saw the flyer and decided to apply for it. So that's how I got connected with the program. You mentioned that you are now in the international sales area. And I wanted to ask you, was international part of your professional path when you were growing up? Was, was that something that you always aimed for? Or was that interest something that grew up after being in the Ohio Export Internship Program? I didn't find my professional career path until the Ohio Export Internship Program. Earlier, you mentioned that when you came to the United States, you, you were not really fluent in English. But now you are not only fluent in English, but you are also fully fluent in Spanish. Why did you become interested in learning Spanish and where did you learn it? Being fluent in Spanish, Chinese, and English does really come in handy because China and Latin America are my company's top markets. Especially with the combination of Chinese and Spanish, it is kind of rare to find an individual who has the fluency of these two very different languages. So you think that my choice was strategic, but actually my journey of learning Spanish is quite incidental. My first friend in the United States, and to this day one of my best friends, she was from Peru. And because of her, I fell in love with ceviche, polo a la brasa, bachata, merengue, reggaeton. And I love how passionate, friendly, and hospitable and family-oriented she and her family are. So when it comes to choosing a mandatory foreign language class in high school, I chose Spanish. And the Spanish classes always came pretty easy for me, so I decided to pursue it as a degree at college level. And now thinking back, that was probably one of the best decisions I've made in my career, to learn Spanish. Indeed, because as you mentioned, it's quite rare to find a person that is fluent in those three languages. So congratulations. That's an amazing testimony to, to your hard work. And now you are uh, a tremendous asset to your company because of your capabilities. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun able to communicate directly with our end users and uh, our business partners in these countries. So let's talk about the company you work for. And I believe that uh, you were connected to this company through the Ohio Export Internship Program. 
The company you work for now is Sutfen Corporation. Can you tell us what does Sutfen do? Sutfen Corporation is a family-owned fire truck manufacturer of 126 years in Dublin, Ohio. As a small medium-sized company, we proudly serve our communities and firefighters around the world by manufacturing a full line of top-quality fire trucks. Great. And when and where did Sutfen start its operations? Sutfen Corporation was founded in 1890 in Columbus, Ohio. Mr. C.H. Sutfen, who was the founder, founded a company by selling leather fire hoses. Okay. So currently, how many people work at Sutfen? Right now, there are about 350 employees work at Sutfen. And what's interesting is that not only the company is run by fourth and fifth generation of Sutfens, we also have generations of families working in our facilities. Many fathers and sons, uncles and nephews. And because of the high tenure and experience of our employees who are building the fire trucks, our fire trucks' quality and craftsmanship is one of the things that we are most proud of. Great. And do you have any firemen or first responders working at Sutfen? Oh, yes. Many employees come from the fire service. They were firefighters or fire chiefs, and the invaluable experience they bring to our company is something that we truly cherish. You mentioned that Sutfen manufactures fire trucks. Can you tell us a little bit more about Sutfen's main products or product lines? Sure. We make customized fire trucks that serve our customers' different needs. So from uh, pumpers, tankers, rescue trucks, hazmat vehicles to aerial ladder, pla- aerial ladder trucks and aerial platform fire trucks. So we m- make all different type of fire trucks to serve different purposes for our end users. And on top of that, we are one of the few companies in our industry that build our own chassis and our own aerial device. The own what device? Aerial device, like the aerial la- ladder sits on top of the fire truck. Oh, where you okay. can extend and retract. So in, the, in our industry, the terminology is so if you call it aerial ladder, it is actually a type of truck. So the aerial device is the part of the aerial ladder. Oh, I see, if I that see. Makes any sense. Yes, 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 yes. And it's definitely confusing. I, I can tell you that when I first came into the industry, it's, all these terms are confusing. Yeah, so the aerial is the, the actual ladder that you put on top, but if you say aerial ladder, then it's the, the full truck. Right, aerial ladder is a type of truck. And the aerial platform is another type of truck where it has an aerial device on it, but at the end of the aerial device, there is a bucket so people can sit in it or stand in it and do rescue work. Oh, I see. I see. Have, have you been way up in one of those buckets? My goodness. My first day on my internship, my coworker took me up 100 feet in the air on one of our aerial platform trucks. And that day, I was like, man, I ain't going anywhere else. This is the coolest place to work for. <laughs> that is a great story. Were you scared? No, I was so excited because in the aerial platform, you can see the entire skyline of Columbus, downtown Columbus. Oh, that's great. That sounds really cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it is really darn cool. <laughs> By the way, what's Sutfen's web address? It is www.sutphen.com. And we will include Sutfen's information in this episode's notes on our website. So let's talk about the company's exports. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of exports. Lynn, how many years had Sutfen been exporting its products? 
Chapman Corporation has made a conscious and committed effort to export since 2010. So it's been about six years. And which was the first country Sutfen exported to? And how did that opportunity come about? The first country Sutfen exported to was China. Sutfen was connected to a company that had a sales opportunity and would build two trucks for that fire brigade in China. Do you know what part of China? It was Inner Mongolia. It was in Baotou, Inner Mongolia, which was really close to my hometown. It was just so cool that they sold it so close to my hometown. That is amazing. Uh, so, and in how many countries does Sotfen currently have clients? We currently have clients in seven different countries outside of the United States. Um, we have clients in China, Thailand, Costa Rica, Colombia, Venezuela, Panama, and Canada. And currently, which region is the fastest growing for Sotfen? Right now, at the moment, it is China. Great. And that's a great segue for our, our next question. You mentioned that you are from China and you are in charge of the exports to China. What advice can you give to our listeners regarding successfully exporting products from the United States to China? What are some of the critical do's and don'ts that you can recommend to our listeners? I think China is a very difficult market for small, medium-sized companies like ours because of its business cultural complexity, the spoken and non-spoken social behaviors, the changing government regulations, as well as the access and transparency of information in the market. So for a company like ours, quite often we do not have the resources that multinational corporations have to overcome these challenges. That is why it is so critically important to study the market and adapt to it. So here are some of the things that we have learned in the past few years in terms of exporting to China. Conduct thorough market research regarding the market demand, competitive intelligence, government regulations, testing or certification requirements, procurement process, custom clearance regulations about your product, your industry in China prior to entering the market. Consult multiple sources to confirm the accuracy of market information gathered. Evaluate in depth of your available company resources supporting exports to China against your intended goal to achieving the market, making sure that dedicated resource and intended goal match to ensure success. For example, different market entry methods will require varying, varying level of resources committed. So if you want to enter China in a certain manner, but you only have certain limited resources, and that might cause some problems. So you want to match your resources and your goal. And take time to qualify and evaluate your business partners in China. Allow the courtship between your company and your business partner to be thorough, even if that means time might be lengthy. You really don't want to tie up with someone who might hurt your brand in the market that is quite far away from you. Dedicate time to internationalize your department and your staff, whether they're in sales, accounting, human resource, production, or manufacturing. Given small, medium-sized companies can't usually just hire a group of people to establish as the export department overnight, you will need everyone at every department's support and educate them to take on the challenge together. For example, payment-wise, Domestically, the letter of credit are not used often. However, they're quite a preferred method of payment on the international arena. So if your accounting department is not so familiar about this new beast, which can get quite complicated, then your salespeople may have to end up doing this work, which takes time away from them to develop new projects. And the last point I'd like to share is 
take advantage of the local and state and national resources via education on export-related topics, grants, funding opportunities, trade missions. So that's a brief and short list of do's because we've learned so much over the years. It is not easy to be successful internationally if you're a small, medium-sized company. At the same time, it can be profitable and quite rewarding. Lin, thank you very much for for those recommendations. They are tremendously insightful, and I know a lot of listeners will find them tremendously useful. And I want to ask you about some don'ts, especially from the cultural difference point of view. Can you tell us a couple of don'ts that you can pinpoint as far as doing business with Chinese companies or trying to do business with Chinese companies, especially from the cultural differences point of view? You know, it's quite interesting because the rest, the rest of my teenage years, I grew up in the United States. So actually, when I first started to go into business trips in China, I had to adapt to it as well, despite the fact that I am Chinese. And uh, what has helped my company was when we initially decided to enter the China market, we had uh, an outside consultant coming in who was uh, uh, American, but he speaks fluent Chinese. And so he's well aware of the uh, cultural differences. And uh, he educated us on uh, not only the simple um, terms. For example, he gave help us with, uh, gave us all of our employees uh, who were part of the, who was going to be helping out with the China market and Chinese name as well as their title in Chinese, as well as how to hand out business cards with uh, Chinese people. Because it's a, a bit different from uh, handing out a business card if you're in the United States. And he also educated us on some of the um, practices. For example, Chinese culture is somewhat comparatively more hierarchical than in the United States. So, for example, when you come into a business dinner, where you sit is quite important. So in the United States, when we go to the business dinner, you can just sit down wherever you want. But in China, you might want to wait until the host share with you where they would like you to sit. So some of those things are the, the, the nitty gritties of the cultural practices. When you're aware of them, that shows tremendous respect to the China, our business partners and our end users. So that has been helpful for us. Lin, you mentioned that doing research, preparing is very important for planning your expansion into into the Chinese market. What are some of the tools or resources you have used that have assisted you in your export success? We have used lots of resources to help us export. Uh, resources in the private sector, we've relied on our banks to educate us about the international payment methods, whether it's documentary collections or letter of credits or standby letter of credits. We also have a relied on our free forwarder, to help us learn about export documentation, such as bill of lading, commercial invoice, packing list, certificate of origin, and all of that good stuff. And because we're a client of these commercial partners, they're usually very helpful and willing to educate us about these different tools for um, export. In the public sector, we have utilized quite a bit of resources as well. At the local level, there are the Small Business Development Centers, you guys, SBDC is a great resource. I have personally reached out to our Columbus office before on an inquiry regarding tariff and duty on a fire truck to Peru. And uh, they can help you with export readiness, assessment, documentation, export compliance, export financing, among other topics. At the state level, since I started interning at Southern Corporation in 2012, we have applied and gotten approved every year for the Ohio International Market Access Grant for exporters. We call them the image grants. 
This grant is funded by the state of Ohio and the U.S. Small Business Administration, designed to help increase export and create jobs, particularly for small businesses, to help them promote products and services in the international market. As of today, we have received a total reimbursement of $35,000 from the image grant. For companies in other states, I think SBDC may help them identify available grants and resources. Another resource at the state level that my company has decided to utilize for the second time since I was hired is the Ohio Export Internship Program. We hope to get an awesome intern next summer to work with me, our international business. And I am so excited because this will be the second generation OEIP at Sussman Corporation. At the national level, I often use uh, export.gov, which is a useful website managed by the U.S. Department of Commerce and International Trade Administration to understand foreign market better through their annually or biannually published country commercial guide. And there are lots of good information on that website. Another tool that has proven to be very beneficial for us is the service and opportunities that Export Import Bank of the United States, Exxon Bank, provides. Whether it's the Export Credit Insurance Program or the Exxon Bank Guaranteed Financing Projects, they help small businesses like us to export more confidently. Lynn, thank you very much for sharing with us such a comprehensive list of resources you've used. And we will include in the episode's notes on our website the links to these resources, such as the Image Grant. We will also include the link to the Country Commercial Guides and the link to the Export Import Bank, the XM. Very well. Thank you very much, Lynn. And now, in general, what are some of the challenges and lessons from exporting Sudfence products that you can share with our listeners? I think uh, the market challenges, such as changing government regulations, testing certification barriers, and lack of access to information and transparency of information, are prevalent for all companies regardless of size. But particularly for companies like ours, where we don't necessarily have the comparable resources, that big company has, it is definitely a challenge to utilize and maximize the meager available resources. And that is why we go to the extra mile and try to be extra informed about the market in order to make smart business decisions on whether where we, we should utilize our limited resource. So we have firsthand and quite painful experiences when we made certain decisions about the market and the decision was based on only partially accurate information. So the biggest challenge will be understanding the market and making informed decision about it. And uh, the lessons for us is utilize our resources at its best. You mentioned earlier that since 2010, Sudfen has been very intentional about growing in foreign markets. What are some of the marketing strategies that have worked for Sudfen abroad? I'll start by sharing with uh, our marketing strategy domestically because a lot of our international practices is based upon our domestic operation. So in the United States, we use all available marketing strategies such as advertising, social media, trade shows, industry events, sponsorships, and email campaigns, and etc. On the international side, because of the limited resources, so far we've only attended a few trade shows internationally, which are quite expensive. Mostly, we rely on our local representatives to market our product. And because our customers are a very niche group, this marketing method has worked okay for us so far. But we do not want to just stay status quo, so I hope by generating more sales this year and in the next few years, 
we can justify for more human resource and financial resource to dedicate to other international marketing methods. Do you currently use any social media to find potential clients? Internationally, how our distribution method works is we identify a local representative. And a local representative works directly with the end user, whether it's Bomberos, a Bogota. So we assist our local representatives in communicating and helping them understand our product and building specifications. But we mostly rely on them to meet and do daily conversations with our end user. So we do use, in terms of the marketing strategies, we do use social media and we do attend trade shows, but the meet of our marketing strategy is through our local representatives. So about these local representatives, how do you find these local representatives? How do you identify these potential distributors abroad? Yes, great question. So there are generally four, four, four methods we have utilized so far. And the biggest one is the trade shows. There, domestically, we attend several big industry trade shows. And we have uh, sometimes up to six or seven fire trucks at our booth for shows. So a lot of times the international um, companies that are in our industry come attend and visit these kind of big trade shows in the United States. And that is the opportunity sometimes when it comes to our booth and we connect and um, find out that they potentially want to represent our product in their country and we potentially um, want to work with them to dis develop our product in their country. So it's a, that's a great opportunity there. The other side of trade shows, we sometimes attend international trade shows. We walk the show and see who is representing and um, check out our competitive competitors in terms of what they're doing internationally. And sometimes we can find distributors by walking the international shows. And the other opportunity is through our suppliers. Sometimes our suppliers have already very good established distribution in certain countries. Sometimes we ask, hey, who do you work, work with uh, in uh, Peru or Chile? And then they might tell us or they might not. And a lot of times, sometimes, they will show with us what is a good company to work, work with in that country. And the third is um, through website and advertising. So um, I think we, we have not necessarily done this, but I've learned from other companies who are exporting. Sometimes if you do actively seeking international representation, put that on your website or put that in your advertising, just a small line. And uh, whomever is reading your website or industry magazine sees see that and they may reach out to you. And last but not least is um, the, I believe the Department of Commerce has a service called GoKey and they will help you identify potential partners in the countries that you would like to export to. Those are some of the methods that you can identify and find distributors or representatives internationally. Those are excellent uh, insights into how to find distributors abroad. And I will also include a link to the Gold Key service from the U.S. Commercial Service on our website. Now, let's talk a little bit about traveling and going to visit clients or potential clients or going to international trade shows, as you mentioned. Do you have any recommendations for exporters to make the most of their international trips? I would say in addition to meet with your business partner, existing customer, or potential customers to gather market information, also try to meet with local suppliers, local industry trade magazines, local certification or testing organizations, as well as third-party consultants who are familiar with your industry. 
I think multiple sources of information and multiple perspectives of the single piece of information will help you make informed decisions about markets. Now let's start wrapping up. We have had a great time learning about your industry and learning about your path to international business. So let's start wrapping up the show. And I have just a couple more questions. Uh, what advice would you give to a company that wants to start exporting or is currently exporting? I would say, man, it is a lot of fun, a lot of challenges, and a lot of learning to do. You're in route for an adventure, a potentially very profitable adventure, but to make sure that that adventure does not turn into a nightmare, please do take ample time to study the market and learn as much about it as you can and learn as much about your business partner as you can before jumping into exporting. Great. And do you have any parting words? I do want to take this wonderful opportunity to thank several mentors I have over the years who selflessly helped me and dare only fought for me over the years. And they're the ones who make me want to pay forward to others. Is that all right? That's perfect. <laughs> thank you. So I want to thank Dr. Steve Hill, Ms. Melissa Torres, Mr. Tim Sword, and Ms. Tina Hubbard from the Ohio Export Energy Program for giving me that amazing opportunity to be part of the program and for giving me so much love and support in the summer of 2012. And I want to thank Dr. Gawal Walker and Ms. Sunny Zone from the Ohio State University for lending their helping hand to me when I needed it that summer as well. I also want to thank uh, Judy Sutton, Shelby Sutton, Drew Sutton, and my current and previous bosses who believed in me and gave me unprecedented support and opportunities to help me realize my professional dream. I'm really very, very fortunate to have these people in my career to continue my adventures of selling fire trucks around the world. I wake up every day excited for it. And finally, I want to thank you, Alberto, for inviting me and Southern Corporation on your podcast. What a wonderful platform to share experience and knowledge. Lynn, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. We want to thank Lynn Rich for this interview. We have included in this episode's notes links to Sutfen's website and to the resources mentioned in the interview. You can find the episode's notes on our website, exportlikeaboss.com. Also, please remember to subscribe today on iTunes and rate our show. This helps others find the show on iTunes. And let us know what you thought about this episode. You can tweet us. Our handle is at exportlikeaboss or contact us via email at podcast at exportlikeaboss.com. We are very excited about the episodes that we are currently producing and that we will be releasing soon. So stay tuned. That's it for today. See you in a couple of weeks. And remember, the planet is your market. Export like a boss. You've been listening to Export Like a Boss, the podcast for those on the front lines of international business and trade. For past episodes and more information, visit us at exportlikeaboss.com or subscribe on iTunes. 